if you don't know how much uh, pressure your team is under because you don't know how much work each of them has actually got on their plate right now, you can't manage capacity effectively and you certainly can't communicate that capacity to your boss. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilsher. Welcome back to the Military Sherpa Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Mark. And man, it's good to be back in the chair with you. I am busy, busy, busy this week teaching instructor certification seminars. In fact, I have back-to-back instructor certification seminars all month. And so I'm just going one after another, but there's always time to meet and to hang out with you here. So uh, this week, I'm going to be answering a listener question. And if you have a listener question, you can email it directly to me at mark at marktilcher.com, mark at marktilcher.com, and I will take those listener questions. But this week's listener question is, how much fault would you give the performance culture, like getting high evals and strats, in regard to the it's hard to find time ideology? And this is a, a very interesting question. The question is basically, is the competition driving the capacity problem that we have. And my initial gut reaction is to say, well, I wouldn't give it any responsibility. And so I don't give the performance culture the or the desire to get stratifications or the desire to get high performance scores. I don't give it credit for the we don't have time ideology. And I guess the reason why I don't give it credit for that ideology is that regardless of the performance report system, Uh, regardless of the stratification system, the eval system, regardless of any of those things, mission creep is, has, and will always be a huge part of everyday life that our capacity, our work will always expand to fill our capacity if you're the type of person who wants to do a good job that most of us don't sit around. Most of us want to be productive. Most of us want to work and be recognized for our hard work. And so our capacity is, we're at a constant war with our capacity, because our work, especially if you're a high performer, your work is always expanding. I think there are some real things that I would attribute this we don't have time ideology to. And I'll tell you, there's no one on the planet probably who's as guilty of expanding their task list to fill their time as I am. I, I, I am constantly working on the urgent and very rarely working on the important. And it's, it's this constant struggle that I find myself in. But I do blame some things. There are some things that have an impact on on this. And I'm not going to say that there's no blame on evals and stratifications. There there certainly is some blame. When we put people in competition with each other, there is going to be a a contest. But the very small percent of the population is actually motivated by that. There's a very small percent of the population that is motivated purely by competition, being the best or being number one. And in the good times, I recognize we're not always in the good times, but in the good times, there's enough promotions to go around that it won't exclusively be those people that are motivated solely by competition that are rising to the top. So there's there's a percentage that I would attribute, but not a lot, not as much as most people most likely. But there are some things that I do blame. I think one of the things that I blame is those of us who are chasing stratifications rather than impact. And we all know those people. And there are people in our ecosystems that the reality is, is that they're not chasing impact, although they probably would think that they are, but truly what they're chasing is the goal at the end of the rainbow, the stratification, because it helps them reach their goals, which is to become a E9 or an O10 or whatever it is that they're trying to become. So there are people chasing stratification, not impact, but very, very minute amount of people are actually chasing rank above all else. And that's why I don't really put a lot of, of, of strength or a lot of weight on that in particular. 
But there are some things that I do, and, and here's the, the second one. So one is people chasing strats, not impact. The second one is our inability to communicate capacity or unwillingness to communicate capacity. And one of the things that I was taught in the military really early is that you have to say yes to everything. And so when somebody comes into your office and says, man, I've got an opportunity for you, your only choice is really to say yes, right? Like you're going to get voluntold or you're going to volunteer one way or the other. And so I was taught that you don't really have the opportunity to say no. So I was both taught never volunteer for anything and that, you know, you don't really have a chance to say no, that you're not really being volunteered, you're being voluntold. And one of the things I learned later in my career was that yes should always come with two things. And the first thing is trade-off. And so when my officer, my senior enlisted leader, my boss would come and say, hey, I want to do this, you would say, yes, we can absolutely have the capability of doing that. Here's the trade-off. That's going to take us about probably 15 hours. And over the next couple of weeks, uh, this is what we would have to do differently in order to pull that off. And what most people do is they eat that without ever having that conversation with their boss. And that ends up pushing us to do more and more when we don't have the capacity to increase our workload in any way. So the only way that we can do that is by sacrificing our family, sacrificing ourselves. And that happens, and that happens a lot. And so our inability to communicate capacity, but I think that some of the reasons that it happens is not only because people want stratifications, not only because people want good eval scores, but I think a lot of people truly don't know how much capacity their team actually has. And we do the Invincible Teams assessment, right? And we assess 70 different areas across your team and uh, communication relationships, alignment, execution, and capacity are the categories. So capacity is one of them. And when we assess teams, one of the things that rises to the top very often is that when they, teams typically get a low score and you know, we use a online tracker to track our, our work, basically, right? Like we have a system for tracking what we're doing. And I used to use a system called Asana, which is free to use, A-S-A-N-A, -A -A, Alpha Sierra, Alpha November Alpha. It's free to use if you have less than, I think, 12 people is what it was at the time. They may have dropped that down, but it was 12 people at the time. And what that allowed me to do is I loaded all of our tasks, all of our projects, everything into this program, Asana. And as a leader, I could look by individual, by team. I could see exactly what that team had to do this week, what that team had to do this month. I could see exactly what each individual had to do from now until the time that they PCS'd. And so what that allowed me to do was to, to, to divide the work evenly amongst my teammates, amongst all the people that work for me. Was it perfect? No. Did it, did it always work? No. But was it efficient? Yeah, it was really efficient. Did it help me understand the capacity of my team? Yes. And the thing that it, it helped, which was an unintended consequence, I didn't, I didn't anticipate that this was going to happen, was that when teammates were overloaded and other teammates were not, they would pick up the load from each other because they could look in this project management system and see, hey, who needs some help today? Who's overloaded? Who's got some overdue tasks? Who's got some things that I could pick up? And so there is a bigger component, which I think is the bigger component, is that leaders don't often understand or know the capacity of their team. They don't actually know because they're not tracking it. And so they don't really know how much work each team member has. And so they continually go to their A team and their B team is underperforming and 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work and the underperformers aren't being held accountable. And if your underperformers are not being held accountable, you are always putting that burden on your high performers, always, always, which isn't fair. And it means that when you really need them, your high performers are already going to be burned out.
So communicating capacity is one. Leaders are often unaware of the capacity constraints of their team. They don't truly understand how much work their team is doing. And then when they do, they're unwilling to communicate that. And sometimes that is because they don't want to have a negative consequence. And I understand that too. So those are the first one. And then the next one is the inability to communicate risk. And so people will often take on new work without realizing they're risking the quality of their present work. And then they wonder why things aren't being done. People aren't going to doctor's appointments. People didn't make their fitness appointments. It's because the risk to the mission, things got prioritized appropriately, right? Based off of what your boss's priorities were. And so those two things, when combined, make for a really difficult time when it comes to managing your workload. If you don't know how much uh, pressure your team is under because you don't know how much work each of them has actually got on their plate right now, you can't manage capacity effectively and you certainly can't communicate that capacity to your boss. And so it's that unwillingness to either understand or that unwillingness to tell the truth that's really causing us. We could talk about eval culture and stratification culture and we can talk about all those things, but so many of them are outside of our control. And so it's almost a a useless effort. That's one area where I would say, you know what? When you have enough power, change the system. And I know some great people that are doing that right now. So when you have enough power, think about changing the strat or the eval system. But you don't have that power right now. But you know what you can do? You can not chase strats and chase impact now. You can do that. You know what else you can do? You can communicate capacity. You can get a handle on what your team is truly capable of. And you can work on training, education, development, communication, relationships so that your team's capacity increases rather than decreases. You can use an amazing tool like 7030 to help people do more of what they love and less of what they hate and divide the workload on your team so that people are doing what they're made to do. You can learn to communicate risk and capacity constraints to your supervision, to your leadership and your officers. And then you can make a determination or you can make a decision that you're always going to tell the truth no matter what, even if it costs you something. You do these things, you'll make a dent in this problem of it's hard to find time ideology. You do these things and you'll start to be able to to take control of some of these capacity problems that you actually have. They're, They're real problems and they're not easy to solve. But the things I'm talking about in this episode are things that you can do if you're willing to, if you set your mind to it and are willing to face the storm. So I appreciate you hanging out with me today. Uh, I hope this podcast episode was helpful. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilshire.